How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. They provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the tweets. Send the hot takes at Ken Carmen. C-A-R-M-A-N. Don't you dare sign the deal. At least not until this week. I'm glad the Players Association waited. Don't sign the deal yet, because I don't want to do what you did last time, which was get to the 11th hour, let everything go into a work stoppage, get guys freaking out, taking high interest loans, trying to borrow money from guys on their own team, then having to sign something really without even looking at it. And then what, a year and a half later, two years later, you're already bitching about what's going on. With the CBA. Well, it's not agreeable on this. It's not agreeable on the on the compensation. It's not agreeable on the terms of the health insurance. It's not agreeable on the terms of what's going on with marijuana in this league. Then don't sign it. You, you, I, I know you don't want to get to a point where, okay, we're backing away from the table. And, uh, no, everybody wants labor peace. It'd be better it's a, it's it's if you're getting the what 48.5% it's still going to be better for you advertisers are still better when they know that there's going to be a 10 year agreement of labor peace everybody's going to be happy i just y- you can't sign it just yet and i like that they're at least waiting on it it's a 10 year agreement you have to understand everything going into year 1 you can't do what happened with last year's and there's also and I wanted to get some things cleared up. And Hickey, maybe you can help me. Pierno, I, I, you can try. The 17th game seems like it's a Trojan horse. Because I don't know about, and, and you know, Tom Pelissaro has been covering this greatly. Says, talks about, well, notable point that many seem missing that the, uh, the, the applied contract negotiation would only be contracts negotiated before the 17th game is instituted, which is likely years away. So it would ultimately impact a fraction of players. One small piece of an enormous CBA, the 32 players reps, 32 player reps will discuss tomorrow and, and ended up being later on this week. Because the original thought is, well, how would players be compensated for a 17th game if they sign contracts based on a 16-game schedule? For Pelissari, says basically under the proposed CBA, they get an extra game check. It'd be capped at 250 per sources, 250,000 per sources. So the highest paid players would play for less than usual, which is an impossible thing to do. A day, a day at work is a day at work. This is an extra day at work. Your services are, are not worth less in week 17 than what they were in week 16. 
That's not how any of that should work. And I don't know how you do that. And I know it's a it's a very small percentage, but this is where the players union gets into this trouble because they overlook certain details because why? I don't know. The, the baseball players union, they're able to look at everything. The NBA players union, they're able to look at everything. They're able to un- uh, underturn all the rocks or they're able to go after all of it. But in the NFL players association, it's, ah, you know, whatever. I mean, what's a couple of pennies? We have the shortest lifespan of a career. We don't have the as we don't nearly make as much money as the other two leagues. We have more players we have to deal with, though. But you know what? Let's not worry about any of that stuff. Let's not worry about the insurance. Let's not worry about any of that. We'll just go ahead and sign it because well, I got to get paid. I have all these things that I have to pay off. I'm paying the cell phone bill for 30 people who live in my house, so I got to make sure that this is paid. This is why the NFL finds a, or the players' union finds themselves in the problem that they did, like they did a year into the last CBA. So if it's a 10-year agreement, you must pay attention to that because that doesn't seem like a good idea. Regular season game is just that. You're paid extra. You're paid based on 16 games. You're not playing 17 games. I want an extra game check. Whether I'm player number 53 on that roster or I'm player number 46 on an active roster, doesn't make any damn bit of difference. Or I'm the guy at the top of the, top of the food chain, well, no matter what. I'm getting my game check, and you're going to pay me an extra game check. If I'm Dak Prescott and I'm about to make $35, $40 million a year, or I should say if I'm Patrick Mahomes and I'm making $40-plus million a year, you're going to pay me based off that. 855-2124-CBS. 90% of the players in the league, they need to count every cent. I don't know if they do. It's their money. They can do whatever they want with. But there's another thought that comes here. And it's a harsh truth. I think a lot of writers in, in the other sports, certainly in the NBA, I think a lot of writers, a lot of guys on the radio, a lot of guys on TV, people, you know, women too, I think they carry a lot of water for the players. We're always understanding, well, you know, they, these are sentient beings and we need to understand what they can do and, and that they're able to go at any time. I, I almost got into this last week about Mel Tucker. Didn't really get a chance to get into it. People were up and down. Well, you guys have to understand Mel Tucker is making a decision for his family. Yeah, I know. And I'm making a decision knowing that I'll never make $2.7 million or $6 million. And I know that me as a fan, I'm going to be upset about that. I get that he's got to make that decision for his family because if you end up on your ass in either job, I'd rather be making $6 million a year than two point seven. I get it. But if you make the decision three days after, you say that you're staying, and it seems like you're staying for the next year at least. A fan has a right to be upset about that. That's what makes them a fan. That's what makes the entertainment business entertainment. Is that I know in my heart that I'd make the same decision. But I'm not in a position to make the same decision. So I can go, that no good, you know what, got the hell out of here and I can't stand it. And the same goes for my favorite football player, baseball player, basketball player, whatever. And people don't understand that. Or at least writers and certain people on the radio don't understand that. Well, you need to understand. No, you need to understand. The fan doesn't make that money. Most fans don't make that money. Most fans will never make that money. So they live vicariously through the coaches and the players and the whatnot. So, yeah, they're going to be upset. And I think there's a harsh truth out of this that needs to be expanded on. Is that the owner's best interest is really in the best interest of the fans. We claim that we're all for the players. I think the writers are for the players. I think that, the, that certain opinionists are for the players. Yeah. 
But I think that in fans' best interest, your best interest is really with the owners. You think it's with the players. You want it to be with the players. You're told it's supposed to be with the players. The, the age of player empowerment. People are given their true freedom and to know what they do, even though none of us get any of that. And you're told that you're to understand that. Well, I read ESPN, the magazine. Well, not the ESPN, the magazine anymore. I read sports magazines. I look at sports website. I, I, I follow these opinions, and I guess I should know this, which is the biggest load of garbage that has ever been thrown down your throat in the history of you watching sports, and you may realize it, and if not, you're just now realizing it. 17 games. I can't believe they'd go 17 games. These guys and their bodies. It's 2020. We've known for 20 years going on what goes on to their bodies. That's why they should fight for compensation for it. And they should. They probably won't, but they should. 17 games. Ah, man, we're just expanding the season. And you'll watch, because you always do. We're getting rid of the preseason game, which is one of the conversations that are there. Well, we'll get rid of one of the preseason games. Every preseason, and Hickey, you know, you turn on the light, and away we go. Because somebody gets hurt, and it costs somebody their, their thought of their fantasy draft, and well, now should we get rid of preseason games? 855-212-4CBS. And we throw out the number, and people say yes. That's all they do. Well, they're getting rid of a preseason game. Or at least that's one of the things that are proposed here, is getting rid of a preseason game. So there's one less preseason game. There's a 17th regular season game, which we'll still watch. You still will, whether your team's at the very best or at the very bottom. And then it'll give us another week to argue, well, you know, we got the division wrapped up. Should we play the starters? Well, I don't know. You remember what happened with Baltimore is they didn't play their starters, and they lost to Tennessee at home in a season they were supposed to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, if you do play the starters, then, guys, it's just another week of good conversation. Nobody doesn't watch the football games based on principle with the exception of one thing that happened. But based on their rules... And what the NFL does on on their rules and their outline of their CBA, leave Colin Kaepernick aside, based on everything that they've done, you've never not watched because of it. It's never happened. People always watch, and you'll watch a 17th game. I don't even know how good of an idea it is. I'm from an area that usually has poor football, and it can be a slog to the end of the season. Hopefully that changes. So if you're in one of those slog seasons, maybe you're still going to watch the other good games. You might not have watched as much Bengals football in Cincinnati, but you were still watching Sunday night. You were still watching Monday night football. You're still watching the main o'clock, 425 Sunday afternoon, Jim Nance, Tony Romo, Tracy Wolfson game. You were still doing that. Two extra playoff teams. How could they? No, 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 no. Again, you'll watch. You'll watch because it's football, and especially because it's playoff football, and the clock is ticking. I do the same thing you do. I savor the opening week off, weekend of kickoff football in college football. More on that in just a second. Because, again, this is highlight number two. The owner's interest is really, truly in the best interest of the NFL football fan. While you don't want to believe it, it's true. And an extra playoff team... I got a chance to make the playoff still at 7-9. and nine. Well, that's bad football. No, it's not. This isn't college football. This isn't FCS taking on big-time Power 5 D1 program. That's not what this is. 7-9 teams beat good football teams all the time. It's happened before with 7-9 teams. On the previous way that they do things, if they add in another playoff team each side, I'm more interested. My 500 football team all of a sudden looks better. 
I might make moves before the trade deadline if it's going to go that way. I might be more convinced and it gives me more arguments to either keep a coach or fire a coach. You're not doing enough. Now you got to get out of here. It's not just enough to make the playoffs anymore. Seven of the 16 teams each get in. That's not good enough anymore. Before, it was six. And you'll still watch, and I'll still watch, and we'll still get excited for it. That's the second thing, where the owner's interests are in our own interests as football fans. And then there is that thought. Because I just told you, there's the third biggest thing that's underlying everything here. And you might not realize it. Because I just told you, I savor that first week of college football. Because I know that the season is so short. And I'm going to blink, and it's going to be Army-Navy, and it's going to be the bowl games, and that's it. And I'll have, I'll have a couple of NFL games left, and then that's it. That's all. We'll watch some XFL, and the XFL has actually been okay. But but we'll, we'll move on from the XFL. We'll get excited, excited for baseball. And then halfway through the summer, going, golly, you've got to get the football back. So I savor it as much as I can. And you don't even realize what the NFL is doing for you. Because if you're a football fan, an NFL fan, you more than likely, more than likely, not everybody, you're more than likely a college football fan. I know we're big in the South, so I guarantee I'm talking to a hell of a lot of college football fans. Don't you see what the NFL's doing for you? And I know you're not even arguing against me anyway, but I have to make this abundantly clear. I have fought against an 18 playoff just for the sake of entertainment. I like arguing four versus five. I like that there's good, strong, almost fist-fighting opinions between conferences about the four and the five and who gets in and who gets left out. That's what I love. But I know that an 18 playoff could work. Obviously it could. Neutral sites or a home game, whatever it might be, however you want to do it, of course it could work. But there's one thing that's been getting in the way of everybody that people don't realize. You can't play 16 games. They play college football playoffs in FCS and D2 and D3. They're not playing 16 games. Because if you get to a 16th game, if you're Alabama that has plenty of first-round picks, if you're Clemson, if you're Georgia, if you're Ohio State, you're Oklahoma, you're any one of those teams, if you play a 16th game, it is open to the lawsuit, it's open to class action, it's open to litigation based on your power of being paid because you're playing the same amount of games as people who make money playing this sport do. And it's an unspoken agreement. The NFL and the NCAA can never allow that to happen. What 17 games does, and you already know it because of the way I'm saying it, what 17 games does opens your door. It opens your door to number one Alabama hosting number eight Michigan down in Tuscaloosa. It opens it up to finally one team in the north. Maybe maybe Wisconsin has a great season, and they're going to host Auburn up there at Camp Randall Stadium. And finally, we're going to find out what the SEC can do during cold weather months in the month of December. Finally, we'll get to see that. You'll get to see that. Because you get a 17th game of NFL football, and they can still keep their rules of amateurism because they'd only be playing 16 games of college football, and they could even keep it down because even if you wanted to, you could still throw a bye week in there. You have your system now. I know you don't want to admit it, and there's so many writers telling you you shouldn't. Because you're supposed to be pro-player. You're supposed to be for the players. And we do. We love these guys 
when they're done, when they're legends and they've played for my team and they've given me such enjoyment in my life. We revere these people. But ultimately, you know who butters your bread. It's not the millionaires on the field. It's the billionaires in the box. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. We'll get your thoughts on this next. Also coming up at 1040 a.m. Eastern, we got Showtime Sean Porter. We'll talk the fight tonight with him. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Water Fury tonight on pay-per-view. We'll talk about it with Showtime Sean Porter, the two-time welterweight champion. He's live in Vegas. We'll talk to him coming up in about 20 minutes. Also, an hour and 20 minutes from now, we got the great Jeff Goodman. We'll talk college basketball with him. Dayton making a hell of a run. Obi Toppin, maybe the best player in the country. Also, 12.40 p.m. Eastern, 9.40 Pacific, the great Sage Rosenfels will join us. We'll talk CBA. We'll talk NFL with him. 855-2124-CBS. I don't like to take the side of big business in this case. Feels like it's one great big super pack. It is that time of year. But you got to just understand that, yeah, the owner's best interest is in the fan's best interest. You're told all the time it's not by people who want to get stories from agents and want to put things in a good light so they continue to have access. That's what you're told. But when you really break this down, less preseason games, you don't care how much they make. If you want them to make more, make more. Who cares? You really don't. Less preseason games, more regular season games, more postseason games, and and with the 17-game schedule, now you're going to get your 18 playoff in college football at some point. Who says no to that? What fan says no to that? No, I'd like to watch less sports. Thank you. 855-2124-CBS. Let me get to Tony in Vancouver. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, Tim. Yeah, the NFL is basically working under a broken pay scale. You can just take Jack the, the cap. And raise the cap up, so the quarterback making thirty-five to forty will, will make fifty to sixty. It isn't going to change anything. So I think that the quarterback position should be treated like, sort of like bird rights, to where they don't go against the cap. You can sign your quarterback for you know whatever it takes to retain them, but it doesn't go against the cap. That way you can get better players around, better offensive linemen to protect that. that I like that I cap. like that idea, but I think that really could hurt the parity of the sport. I think I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, Tony. Because if I can pay, if I can pay Patrick Mahomes a, a, a separate cap space that doesn't hurt my football team, I can go out there and I can acquire just about anybody around him. And all of a sudden, now the Chiefs have what looks like a dynasty. They could still very well have a dynasty for all we know. But I can go and, and go get those other players and put those around that player. Now, if that's in Kansas City, it feels different than what it would in the NBA. I grant you that. But I think a lot of people would be a little bit afraid of that happening. Well, that's what I'm saying, you know, because, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what they do with the cap. The quarterback's still going to be making the lion's share of the money. So it doesn't improve mm-hmm. anything. The players, doesn't, you know, just doesn't get better. The, the only thing I think it does, and, and Tony, thank you for the call. Because this has been brought up before. I actually like Tony's idea because I, I don't want a situation to happen. And I don't think it would happen with Mahomes. But I, I think Kirk Cousins kind of opens up a door. And you're going to say, why? why? I think Kirk Cousins opens up a door to a guy who is maybe a younger quarterback, maybe a guy who's a franchise quarterback of his football team, maybe ends up in one of the, don't take this the wrong way, the flyover states. I'm in a flyover state. He, a guy who's in a flyover state, and he just goes, you know what? I've done what I want to do here. And no matter what you do, I'm just going to want to leave. I want to go to New York. I want to go to L.A. I want to expand my brand. 
an NBA-style NFL player at a quarterback. I think when you have that type of right, now this could still be the same way it is, but if I don't have to make changes in that man's salary, if I don't have to go to him and ask that guy to take a pay cut, if I don't have to do any of that stuff, I think it makes it abundantly clear that, yeah, you might as well just stay here in Kansas City or, or Pittsburgh or Cleveland or Detroit or wherever instead of wanting to go to the one of the coasts. Because I, I do fear that. As much as things are grand and as much as I preach to players, listen, you're smarter than you've ever been. You can't do the babe in the woods routine anymore. You know what college coaches are about. You know what this whole system's about. You don't want to do any of that anymore. While I do want to do that, it still makes me nervous that someone's going to go, yeah, I know exactly my rights and I know exactly what my worth is and I don't want my worth to be here in Cincinnati, Ohio. I want to go to one of the coasts. Like that's something I'm afraid of because that's what makes the NFL beautiful. That's what makes football beautiful. Baseball's a different sport in that case where everybody's spo- hope supposed to spring eternal. The NBA, you're going to go through vast swaths of time. Unless you're one of the elites, you're going to go through vast swaths of time where you are not a contender. Already in New Orleans, well, the countdown's on for Zion. Like You don't want that in the NFL. Good front offices, good drafting. You keep the quarterback. That guy becomes your guy. You want that to happen, and that's the beauty of the NFL. If you get the good ownership with the good front office, you believe you always have a shot. 855-212-4CBS. Let me try to get to Conrad real quick. Conrad, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, I'll make it quick, Ken. Uh, you know what? NFL is always a growing, changing sport. That's why it, it, you know it's fascinating. I'm excited about the next 10 years. I hope this deal goes through. Not exactly how I would have wanted it. I would have said cut another preseason game, maybe do two buys, do a 20-week 20, 20 NFL season, just the monster of monsters for all sports. Mm. And, uh, you know, but it doesn't matter. We're, we're getting to see some changes, and it seems like the players might be coming alongside for this thing. And uh, I'm eager to see what's all going to happen. So that's all I got, buddy. You have a good one. Conrad, you too. The sooner the better for the players. And I don't want to force them into a discussion because you have to understand that if this is going to be a 10-year agreement, I don't want to hear you bitching about the weed or anything like that coming up in a year and a half like they did with the last CBA. I don't want guys to be forced to do it. It's good that they're trying to get out in front of it. If you can come to something that's agreeable, fine. You also have to understand, and Jeff Saturday brought this up too, is this is just a simple fact. 90% of the players are really not going to be affected by this because 90% of the players don't get to sign that next contract. So there's still certain things that the tippy-top players have to fight for that they say they're fighting for the greater good, but really they have to fight for themselves. And there will be a trickle-down effect to guys who are in year one, year two, year three. Maybe they get to year four, but that's always going to be a question. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, Wilder Fury tonight. To talk about it, Showtime Sean Porter, two-time welterweight champion, Fox ESPN boxing analyst. He joins us right next. We'll talk about that fight. It's the renaissance of the heavyweight division. We get into that. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS at CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. 855-2124-227. It's sponsored by Geico. Hey, whether you own or rent, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Having a home is hard work. So get a quote at Geico.com. It's easy. Also, tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, CBS Sports Network, fourth-ranked San Diego State, looks to extend their undefeated record when they welcome in UNLV. It's your 24-hour home sports, CBS Sports Network, 855-2124-CBS. Reaching out to Showtime, Sean Porter. We'll get to him as soon as we possibly can. Let me try to get to the phones. Let me get to Mike in Buffalo. Mike, you're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. 
Hey, Shane, I, I want you to use your big platform to be a guardian angel for offensive linemen in the NFL. Can, can we finally make uh, make uh, Thursday night games only come off of a bye week so there's no short turnaround to save these guys' uh, assets, so to speak? Oh, getting rid of Thursday night football? No, it no, all no, depends. Keep Thursday night football, but just say you, you can only play a Thursday night game if you're coming off a bye week. So, so you don't have a short turnaround anymore. Oh, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, I thought you might might have been talking about getting rid of Thursday Night Football. It's like, no, nah, they're never going to do that. No. Yeah, no, That's that. I think that makes a lot more sense. Mike, I think that's a good idea because especially if you're going to expand it and say you do the two-by-week thing, I don't think there's any way you, you, you can't do something like that if you really wanted to. Exactly, and that, that saves everybody's knees and injuries and, and keeps it fresh and it's – Make it happen. Mike, I thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. 855-212-4CBS. It depends on the on the player you talk to. Like, there are players I've talked to who hate it. They they just can't stand it. And then there's guys who go, no, you know, I, I like playing Thursday night game. You get an extra day or you get a, a little extra weekend. It feels like an extra bye week. There's guys who like it. They're, they don't like to say it a whole lot out loud, at least until they're retired. But there are guys. It, I think they're in the minority. But there are guys who enjoy it. 855-212-4CBS. Let's get to the hotline. We got him now. Showtime Sean Porter joining us on the show. Do we have him? We're in a holding pattern again. The phones are jammed. Yeah, because that's what would happen when we're trying to get Sean out in Vegas. (sighs) Pirano. Is Pirano working on it? Oh, this is just riveting stuff. I'm on it, Ken. Hold on one second. This I'll, is riveting I'll, I'll stuff. I'll save the day. Hold on. Please do. Let, let me do my thing. We'll get back to you momentarily. You try to call my friend, and I got to sit here and act like I'm filling time when everybody in the world knows exactly what we're trying to do. We had Sean for like 2.2 seconds, and now he's gone. And so what am I to do? Would America like to hear me out here floundering while you guys get the phones right? I could do that. Just out here with nothing to get into. Because this is a, this is the dilemma that we face. If I do start to talk about another subject, or I continue this NFL talk, which I certainly could, that's fine, but I know that at some point I'm going to bring it to an abrupt end because i got to bring on Sean. If I start talking about boxing, I could start to talk about boxing, but then I have to bring Sean into the middle of a big conversation that I'm trying to have about boxing. According to what they say in my ear, we got 15 seconds until we can get them. I don't know why it's 15 seconds, but if I continue to talk at this tone, maybe soon it'll be nine and then eight and then seven seconds. How on earth that happens, I'm not sure. Let's get to Showtime, Sean Porter. I hope and pray. Hello, Sean. I'm here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank I don't know what the hell happened to our phones. I'm glad to have you. Find him on Twitter at Showtime Sean P. He's a two-time Walter Waite champion. He's on... I don't know how you're able to broker that deal where you're both on ESPN and Fox. I watched you on two networks yesterday. Good God. People can barely get on one network. You're on two. What are we What are we expecting to see in this fight tonight, friend? You know, first of all, let me say this. I, I, I love it. God is good because, um, you know, if you if you just sit still, things will, things will happen and things will move. So uh, I got put in a position where uh, they, they said, who can we get to broadcast Fox that, that is going to be – a good representative of, of the active fighters right now. And my name came up and, and I took on that challenge and it's been a, 
uh, awesome uh, rise so far. And then once the merger with uh, Fox and ESPN happened, also Top Rank and PBC, it gave me another opportunity to be on a few different channels and wow. few and, and 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 do some amazing things for the week. And uh, I think that tonight is going to be one of the most amazing nights of boxing that uh, this generation has ever seen. All right. Uh, tell me what are the strengths of Deontay Wilder? What are some of the weaknesses of him? How can Tyson Fury get after him? Sure. I'll go right right into it. Uh, uh, Deontay Wilder, has ha- he has to use his jab. Uh, he's long, he's rangy, and all of his power is in his right hand. The, 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 the right hand isn't predictable if you're setting it up, you know, and I think in the very first fight that they had, he didn't set up his right hand, which left him uh, woofing most of, most of the, the punches that he threw. So he's got to use his, his jab to set up the right hand. And I think when you're talking about weaknesses, I think uh, the, uh, Tyson Fury's movement uh, gave him problems in the first fight. Now, if we kind of fast forward to Tyson Fury, he says, I'm coming out this fight on 275, and I'm knocking this dude out in two rounds. He wants to knock out Deontay Wilder, and he wants to do it really early. So I don't know if, if Tyson Fury is going to use everything that made him successful in the first fight, his movement, his speed, being elusive, things like that. But I think that if, if Tyson Fury is able to put some pressure on Deontay Wilder, it's something that Deontay has never had to deal with. I mean, that's dating all the way back to when he started this, this fight game as, as an amateur at 19. He's never had to deal with anyone coming right at him. So I would really love to see how he's going to be able to handle that tonight. Uh, how special is it that Tyson Fury, who's a very large body, is able to be as elusive as he is? Like, I, I don't see the slenderness that we'd seen in, in some other great heavyweights. Like, yeah. there is some bulk there, and he is very quick and, and able to get away from a lot of things. Well, you know what? There's no secret to this. Guys who are in the NBA, guys who are in the NFL, and a lot of the, uh, a lot of the uh, world champion boxers right now, we all start at a very young age. It's how we really just mold our craft and, and become who we are in the box ring, football field, uh, NBA courts. Same thing with Tyson Fury. He's a big dude, and he's been big most of his life. I, I met him for the first time when we were 16, but he was big already, and he could already move like that. And it's because he's, he's been moving like that since he was six, seven years old. When you've been doing the things that you've been doing that at that age, it becomes second nature. You're a big man. You're, you're someone that no one could ever expect to, to do the things that you do. But it started from birth. He's been doing everything that he does in the ring, his elusiveness, his, his in and out, his, his movement around the ring, and his, 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 the way he's able to move his head side to side and make guys miss every single punch that they throw. It started at a very young age. So this is nothing new to him. And being in front of all of these people that he's going to be in front of uh, tonight is nothing new to, to him either. Showtime, Sean Porter joining us on the show. Fox, ESPN, boxing analyst, two-time welterweight champion. For Deontay Wilder, I, I was looking up some stuff yesterday. He has a he has a knockout percentage that is in the highest of of, of champions in the in the sports history. If he yeah. wins tonight, what what do we say about Deontay Wilder in the sport and in and in its its his its history with him as maybe one of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time? I'll be honest with you. I, I, this is a two-part answer for you. 
number one, he's going up against Tyson Fury, who uh, uh, is also undefeated. And I think between the two of them, you're looking at the number one and number two guy in the world. You check your pick at who's one and who's two. I think number one, if, if Deontay Wilder does knock him out, I think that's his consistent, the most consistent thing he's done as a professional boxer. And you can't take that away from him. So you do mark him as one of the greatest heavy punchers in the world of boxing. But if he's able to beat Mike uh, Tyson Fury by points and win a decision, you're going to see something special from Deontay Wilder tonight because the only way everyone thinks he's going to beat Tyson Fury is by knockout. But if 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 if, uh, if Deontay Wilder shows up any different, if he's able to box from the outside, if, if he's able to hit Tyson Fury from the outside and then somehow become elusive like Tyson Fury and, and not get hit, that says something about his game. That says something about his improvement and his intent to be special and his intent to be one of the greatest of all time. And I think winning this fight by points will be more special than winning it by uh, by TKO. I think if he wins this fight by, by points, then you definitely have to coin him as, as one of the uh, uh, best uh, heavyweight boxers of all time because of the fashion he will have won on points. Give me the state of boxing right now. In you general, the state of boxing. Yes, the state of boxing is revolving around tonight. It, it's it's amazing, and I I do believe that boxing is going to grow uh, tremendously after tonight. I think that we have to have a heavyweight world champion here in America. We have that, and I think all eyes are on the world of boxing right now. And the only thing these guys can do is 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 take it take the world of boxing in their fist and 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 knock it up a couple of notches. I believe that um, right now. Um, the world of boxing is, has grown over the last few years, but I think tonight is going to take a humongous leap, and it's, and it's due to both of these great champions getting in the ring tonight. Because I know, and hey, you come from a lighter class, so I, I, I'm not trying to step on your toes here, but it's always been, well, we're, we're seeing a lot of guys with the lighter classes. They're getting a lot of good name recognition. They got a lot of good personalities. But for a while, it didn't seem like we were getting that with with the heavyweights. And then all of a sudden, this just seems to sneak up on us. Tyson Fury is a mainstream star. Deontay Wilder is a mainstream star now. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you this. Right now, the world of boxing, for people who are on the outside don't know this, but inside of the world of boxing, there's, there's great fights to be made in every single weight class. There's great fighters in every single weight class. You couldn't say that five years ago. You couldn't say that 10 years ago. That's happening right now. The world of boxing is going to an entirely different level than it's been in a very long time. I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about all-stars in every single weight class, uh, guys who are going to be household names in every single weight class. And like I just said, it starts tonight. Showtime, Sean Porter with us on the show. All right, you're 32 years old. What's your future? Let's hear you. Uh, I mean, I think you guys can see what, what the... What the future holds for me from a, a broadcasting standpoint, uh, I absolutely love this, man. I love being able to travel and just talk boxing and, 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 and give people the insight that they don't always have. And then um, from a, a, a boxing standpoint, I'm looking at getting back in the ring uh, before June. Uh, Tess Crawford's here. Uh, I got to have a conversation with him, see how that conversation goes and you know, maybe him and I will be getting it on. If not him, it's got to be something big. I'm hoping Manny Pacquiao is going to pull my hat, my name out of the hat. Ooh. But, uh, Ooh. Uh, yeah, look for something big, man. I'm I'm not doing anything low level. Uh, after being here tonight, I got the, the, the everyone's level has the raise after tonight, and that that includes my own. 
Manny, pay, you go fight the old man. Oh, man. He's hey, only listen. 41. He's been doing it forever. I didn't realize he's only 41 years old. Go ahead. He's he's old, but he's been doing And he's been doing it for hours. I believe he had his first professional fight when he was 16. He's freaking 41 yeah. now. It's crazy. But uh, I'm I'm being told I might not get it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and, and, and hanging on to my prayers. So we'll see. All right, you're going to end up being the, uh, when it's all said and done, you'll be my generation's uh, Teddy Atlas. So I'm looking forward go. to it. There you go. I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> Sean, thank you for the time, buddy. All the best. Always great talking to you, man. Take care. Great talking to you, buddy. Showtime, Sean Porter. Two-time welterweight champion. Fox, ESPN, covers boxing for them. Does a great job. I said the first time we ever had him in studio, he was like afraid to talk on the mic. Now he's all over the ESPN. He's all over the big networks. All over doing all that stuff. Hickey, can I tell you something real quick? Yeah, let's hear it. We got like a minute left. Uh, before my oldest son was born, <laughs> do you remember World Star Hip Hop? Oh, yeah. I don't even know if the site's still around, but they had those videos of people getting knocked out. And one day, I, don't, I was just going down an internet rabbit hole, and it was just these videos, like they have the compilations. And half of them, I hate to say this, were these kids in school. And Liz is like five months pregnant with Axel, our first. And I, I, I had to text him. I go, listen, I don't know what your plans are. If you're planning on moving back home, you got to teach my kids how to do this. Because I cannot have my kid get run up on in school. It's, it was not a big deal. It wasn't a big deal for me because I was big. I don't know if they're going to be big. It looks like they're not going to be. They're going to take after their mother. And it's like, all right, they're going to have to know how to do this. They're going to have to know how to do this right. And I can only show them so much. Who would you rather show you how to box, me or a two-time welterweight champion? Hickey, yeah, you don't I, even have to answer that question. Oh, yeah, I mean, I seriously. Say, it's an easy exactly. answer. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's what we try to do. There's some people out there, they, they establish trust funds for their children. They try to get them into good schools. I frantically text boxing champions in the middle of the night saying that they have to teach my unborn children how to box. It's all about taking care of your kids, folks. Just trying to do what's right by them. Trying to do what any good father would. It's what you want for your kids. Big thanks to Sean for joining us on the show. Big thanks for Hickey for keeping a cool head during that. Because things nearly came off the rails. Boxing's in a good spot right now. This has grown up organically. I think tonight will be a, a lot of fun. He thinks Deontay Wilder's going to win this. If he does win on points, he's got a hell of an argument there about him being one of the greatest champions of all time. 855-2124-CBS. An hour from now, we'll talk to Jeff Goodman in college basketball. Up next, Rod Manfred. He's trying to go Vince McMahon without the entertainment. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 